0: After looking at, I think, more than 4 million PRs at this point that have been processed through our platform, the thing that consistently comes up as the biggest slowdown in the software delivery process is around the code review process. So developers write code really quickly. Once it's been reviewed, it tends to get merged quickly. The CI/CD systems tend to be pretty good at getting it deployed to production relatively fast. All of the testing and everything we have, it 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 tends to be pretty good for, you know, ensuring quality and and efficiency. But there isn't really a lot of solutions out there on the market for people who are facing challenges with code reviews.
1: In today's fast-paced business landscape, the success of your business relies on the success of your engineering team. And the impact on engineering leaders has been clear. We must deliver exceptional software while driving business outcomes. In short, we have a dual mandate. Enter Linear B, the software delivery management platform designed specifically for engineering leaders. With Linear B, you gain the visibility and automation you need to streamline your processes and unlock your team's full potential. Imagine a world where your engineering organization effortlessly manages business outcomes. With Linear B, you'll harness the power of advanced analytics and real-time insights, allowing you to make data-driven decisions that drive business success. From tracking progress to identifying bottlenecks to optimizing resource allocation, Linear B has you covered. It's time to take control of your software delivery pipeline and unlock new levels of efficiency. Experience the power of a platform designed by and for engineering leaders like you. Discover the future of software delivery management. Visit linearb.io today and start transforming your engineering organization. Hey everyone. Welcome back to Dev Interrupted. I am delighted to be joining you live from DevOps Enterprise Summit. I am your host, Connor Bronson, and I'm joined by one of my good friends, the head of developer relations for Linear B, Ben Lloyd Pearson. Ben, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah,
0: it's great to be here. It's been great energy so far at the event. I'm really looking forward to, you know, just getting through the
1: rest of it. Yeah, we had a really fantastic opportunity to kick it off at the Dora Community Summit. I know we want to get into a bit about what we learned there, some of the conversations we had. It was was very informative. Uh, And one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about here is about programmable workflows, which is something that we're very passionate about. And you in particular have a lot of depth on that. You're building uh, out the free tooling that Linear B is doing for initiating programmable workflows and applying policy as code for organizations. Can you start off by defining for the audience what programmable workflows are? And then let's dig into a bit about why they matter so much.
0: Yeah, I think what it really comes down to is giving developers the tools that they need to configure, program, design all the sorts of automations, tooling that they need to get software from an idea to deployment into production. So, you know, one area that's done very well in this area is, is CI/CD. There's a lot of tools out there. There's a lot of established practices and processes, a lot of automation. A lot of the toil that developers used to have to spend has now been sort of automated um, away from them, but using conventions that are very familiar to them. You know, it's configurations, it's, it's coding. It's stuff like that. So you know, we've spent a lot of time focusing, sort of earlier in the process than CI/CD. We've been promoting this idea of continuous merge, which applies, you know, more of the, the that mentality to like the code review process. You know, so a little bit earlier upstream from like the CI/CD system, and that's sort of opposed to you know some of the other workflows that developers might have to deal with day to day, like. For example, every team has a project management software. Most developers don't really like using it. They know they
1: have to. I love Jira. What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, man, it's a, it's a beast. It, it can be amazing, but it terrifies developers. And uh, it's a big context switch, you know. So anything you can do to, to make it easier for them to, to interact with that in a way that's more natural, you know, that's, that's sort of what we're proposing. And you know, there's also a lot of interest that I've seen around like regulatory and compliance as well. You know, there's there's a lot of things that you sort of need to to make sure your organization is following, especially if you're like in a re- highly regulated industry, like if you're in banking or something like that, or insurance. So you know, I've I've, I've also seen you know just so far at this event, there's been a, a real big interest in and having like policy as code, programmable workflows that make sure your organization is mitigating risks associated so, with. So let's dig into software. that a
1: little bit. How, what would be a great example of leveraging programmable workflows to create policy as code and maybe help with compliance or security concerns?
0: Yeah. So if you have, you know, parts of your code base that need extra scrutiny or it, it impacts user data, or it, it potentially could open up security vulnerabilities, you want to make sure that you have the right processes in place, both to catch those, but then, you know, there's always situations where you might need exceptions. So having systems built in place that prevent people from getting blocked within those processes.
1: So an example of that might be, let's say we're looking at a part of the code base that we've identified is highly compliance. There's a high degree of importance to compliance there. Maybe to your point, it deals with user data. Uh, Maybe you want to add an additional reviewer who sits on a certain security team. Uh, or compliance team to add additional reviews to those PRs. And you're saying we can automate that process or other other approaches to it based on however you want to configure your workflows.
0: Yeah. I mean, imagine if you asked a developer every time that they needed to get an exception to a policy to to manually go through and figure out which policies are applicable and, and flag the appropriate people. Like it's just, that's never going to scale. It's never going to be successful. You know, so you want to make sure that it's, it's as automated as possible so that you don't miss anything and that you're you're not just putting toil on your developers that distracts them from the stuff you know you hire them to do
1: do you see this implementation of programmable workflows as something that developers are going to be pushed to do in order to implement policy as code uh, in the coming years
0: yeah so i you know i almost think that it potentially is going to be both ways i think there's going to be a lot of scenarios where You know, where an organization might, for example, want to get SOC 2 compliance and in a situation like that, it's you know, the decision's probably made at the executive level. They're going to push down all of those requirements. And, you know, myself, I don't know much about SOC 2, but I know when someone comes knocking on my door and says, we need to do this to get prepared for it, then I know I have to, (laughs) you know, I have to prioritize that. There's no debate around that. But, you know, you can't really expect me or you can't really expect a developer to know, you know, when they're potentially at risk of, of stepping out of the bounds. So a great way to do that is just to have some sort of automation that that flags anything that looks like a SOC 2 concern so that, you know, when you have to go back and, and verify that you do follow those practices, like you have some like verifiable proof. But then you also have the, bot, the the reverse of that. I think there's a lot of developers who face a lot of challenges, particularly around the code review process. There's a lot of delays that, tend, that, that happen in, in, in that area. And a lot of the fixes, their developers scratching their own itch. You know, they don't like waiting on PRs to get picked up for a long time. They don't like having to come back to a to review code days after they submitted it for review. So, you know, in those situations, I think
1: there's, there's also very much a bottoms up appeal. I'm glad you brought up the code review process because this is such an important friction point in the software development lifecycle. And we're seeing that come through in the research data. So we did our 2023 engineering benchmarks report and we clearly saw that there were challenges in code review, particularly for some large organizations. And it's also very clear that when you can merge code faster and kind of speed up that cycle time, you're just able to deliver more value. And it's something that was also followed up by the 2023 DORA report, which we partnered with Google on. And they actually found that faster code reviews were indicative of 50% higher software delivery performance, a major reason why Linear B has focused in on code reviews as this key friction point to improve. Can you dive into a bit about how GitStream is trying to approach this and why linear be so focused on this uh, key area? Yeah, so, you,
0: you know, we, we fortunately have a lot of data around this, which is puts us in a really great position to have some fairly strong opinions about it. And one of the things we know is, you know, after looking at, I think, more than 4 million PRs at this point that have been processed through our platform, the thing that consistently comes up as the biggest the biggest slowdown in the software delivery process is around the code review process. So developers write code really quickly. Once it's been reviewed, it tends to get merged quickly. The CI/CD systems tend to be pretty good at getting it deployed to production uh, relatively fast. All of the testing and everything we have, it, it, tend to, it tends to be pretty good for you know, ensuring quality and, and efficiency. But there isn't really a lot of solutions out there on the market for people who are facing challenges with code reviews. And what we found is that like some teams, you know, a lot of teams are waiting multiple days just to get someone to look at a code review. And if, and if it's a, a small fix, like that's demoralizing for a developer, you know, every developer wants to do their part to, to fix whatever they can. And if they make a small improvement, but it doesn't get any attention for days, like that's demoralizing. But it's also just, you know, if it's, a, if it is a complicated fix that you have to come back to, there's, there's a massive context switch that only gets worse the longer that that takes. So. The difference between getting feedback the same day on code you wrote versus a week later is massive in totally. terms of productivity. And yeah, sure, developers will do other things while waiting on the reviews, but there's there's always going to be that context switch that you want to avoid. Spend
1: that time to get your brain back in gear and go, okay, the notes that I wrote in this code, what the heck did they mean again? What was yeah. I doing here? Yeah.
0: yeah, and not to mention, you know, there's lots of things that, you know, lots of practices that maybe you're, they're not clear within the organization. So developers might, they might run afoul of things that need to be flagged. And so the first review could be that it's just a developer saying, hey, you, you missed these couple of things that you, maybe you weren't aware of, or we just changed this and we haven't communicated it or whatever, but that causes another cycle, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's why we made GitStream because it's, uh, you know, we wanted to find a way to help developers find reviewers, get them assigned, get reviews through more quickly, unblock things that, that aren't as risky and then, you know, make sure that any sort of criteria that, or requirements that you have for your code base are being considered before you have any sort of human, you know, spend their time to, to interact with it.
1: This speaks to that policy as code use case we talked about mm-hmm. earlier of like maybe you're a financial institution and you want to make sure certain PRs and certain parts of the code base are treated in certain ways. And it's interesting you bring up what we're seeing in the data because it has been really clear in Linear B's uh, quantitative data, but we're also seeing a ton of qualitative signal. So not only did the Dora report highlight PRs and, and has highlighted code reviews for a couple of years now, but we've also seen it with uh, every major enterprise we talk to. If you're if The Netflixes, the Metas of the world, uh, they have custom tooling they're building internally. Maybe it's not as configurable, but they have stuff they're doing because they've realized it's a huge problem for them when they scale these massive org sizes. So it's clear there's a need for free tooling that can be brought out and, and leveraged throughout the community. And and frankly, we're also seeing it in developer experience surveys, where people are saying this is a huge headache. So I love we're diving in here. But for teams who are considering starting to use programmable workflows and hopefully trying to fix their code review process or other parts of their processes, what are the headaches or challenges with uh, getting started?
0: Well, there's been a few use cases that we've seen have been fairly consistent. One of them that I, I think is a great like first bite out of this is identifying or it's building code expertise and then assigning those experts to be the reviewer on relevant PRs. You you know, you always got to consider the bus factor. You don't want to have a single person that's always in charge of reviewing everything because it creates bottlenecks. You know, what happens when they're out of the office or you you can't get them because they have other priorities. So a lot of organizations are looking for ways to implement policies that Enable their team to share knowledge across the organization, and then once that has been distributed, empowering them to take reviews into their own hands rather than having to depend on a select few. So that's that's been a, a very obvious one. You know, in terms of like compliance, there's a lot of concern about like, you know, one one thing that uh, one use case that comes up in SOC 2 is like making sure that you're tracking every change that goes into your code base in 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 some right. sort of centralized. Repository, like whether it's your project management or some other BI solution. Once again, developers they don't they hate going into Jira, but they they need to like you know say this PR is part of uh, this project over here, you know. And if you can do that without forcing them to constantly have to have multiple tabs open, switch back and forth, That's get right some automation, get URLs, yeah, just automate all, all of that away. Uh, and it, it's 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 a toil that developers just you know they don't they don't want to do. They have to do it they can sort of take off their hands. So those those are the sort of like two two major use cases, but I mean we really see just very broad adoption. But there's a lot of like small low-hanging fruit, like small things that
1: you can just implement just to make your developers lives a little bit easier. Is this thing like like integrating into the testing suite or CI/CD and trying to apply that? What do you think? Yeah, I mean if you have a CI
0: pipeline that you know, maybe you have too many jobs or maybe you have so many jobs that you don't need them for every PR like but maybe your developers are waiting on them for every PR, like that, you know, you're just wasting their time, like waiting for for something that may not be relevant. So why not skip a few of them and or only trigger them if they're necessary for the code that's being changed?
1: What I'm hearing you say is that GitStream is facilitating programmable workflows that not only cut down on manual effort, but also facilitate faster feedback loops. Uh, Would that be an accurate way to describe it?
0: Yeah, so, you know, we can do things like Estimate how much time it's going to take to review a PR. So you're you're a developer. You got a meeting in fifteen minutes. You think, well, maybe I can go look at a PR real quick and help one of my teammates. And then you open it up and find out it's five hundred lines of cha- of code that have changed across you know a dozen files and multiple subsystems. And and all you wish is like, oh, I just wish I could unsee this so that I can go back to the rest of my day. <laughs> get on with my life. Yeah, But if you could tell them, you know, there's that one, that's a big one. So save that for when you have time. There's this other one over here that, you know, maybe it's smaller. It will only take a couple of minutes to review. It's a really great way to just help your teammate out super fast. So there's stuff like that. There's, you know, finding when someone is, you know, maybe accidentally using some deprecated APIs or something. Maybe you have somebody in the review, review process that's going to catch that, but, but why, why bother them? Like, why not just catch it automatically yeah. ahead of time? And let the developer know
1: immediately. So they have that immediate feedback t- about what needs to change. Reduces the context switching piece. Let's mm-hmm. like make immediate changes. Makes total sense. How are you going about adoption for, for programmable workflows? I know it can be a big change for some teams. What do you do to really get folks to buy in and, and actually get their leadership to, you know, get on board with these big changes?
0: Yeah. Find your pain point. Your biggest one, and just solve for it, and start there, and then just go down the list. You know, find the next biggest one, and so on and so forth. A great place to to look first is Dora. Uh, you know, get get some Dora metrics in place so that you know sort of how you how you benchmark against other organizations where you might have the biggest slowdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if you find that, like we've predicted, it's often in the the uh, pickup and review time. But if it's not, you know, there's other practices that you can take. But, you know, Dora, that's one of the great things about Dora is it's a really great, like, value-oriented framework that that leads to these sort of natural technological solutions that solve the problems.
1: Yeah, and I'll say we were listening to Nicole Forsgren talk earlier, too, about extending that and applying the space framework and saying, okay, like, you've started with Dora. What's the next step for you? Is it maybe you should be paying attention to your PR review sizes? Maybe that's a really crucial early indicator for you. Or maybe it's developer happiness through your devx surveys. It's like a key North Star metric for you. And I think that's a that's a great way to think about and say, okay, like let's identify the things in our cycle that we want to move faster. And then we can apply tooling to reduce those friction points, try to speed it up and and make our developers' lives easier. And I think an underrated aspect of this is that if you apply these programmable workflows well, you're actually going to make your dev team feel better about what they're doing too. It's less of the work they don't want to deal with. It's less context switching. You're going to have more good days for them. And that opportunity. It's great for recruitment, it's great for retention, uh, it's great for productivity. I, I love to hear it. Do you have an idea of where you see Getstream going next, though?
0: Our goal has always been sort of maximal extensibility. You know, we we uh, want to be sort of a glue in between just about every other tool in your developer stack. So that's definitely a direction that we're going. And we also, you know, we, we really, I, I want to touch on a couple of points you mentioned there, because, you know, there's. One common theme I, I've heard so far at this event is developer well-being. Like it's a very big concern, and a lot of that those conversations have been centered around, for example, the you know the McKinsey metrics that focus more on like effort and and output rather than like any sort of like value stream like changes. And I think there's a lot of concern that those sorts of approaches don't really take the developer quality of life into account. And and I feel like that's where Dora plus space is really trying to account for. It's like the metrics that quantify the challenges that you're facing, like that feels kind of in the Dora realm. And then the, the I don't really know if they're metrics or if it's just a more of a mindset. The
1: framework to apply yeah. to, to decide on what you want to measure next.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that focuses much more on just your organizational well-being, you know, because yeah. we know happy developers do better. They're more productive. They ship software faster so i i feel like it is almost like a response to you know we don't want to we don't want to analyze developers in a way that makes them feel pressured we're not telling you this is the tool that's gonna you know increase the number of lines of code you change we're telling you this is a tool that's going to unblock things that
1: that you might be struggling with ideally it should reduce gamification of metrics because i know that's a big concern for a lot of engineering leaders and it's, it's a valid concern goodhart's law says that when you start Setting goals against measurements, you're gonna see them improve, but you know, it's a lot easier to create one 10 pound nail than, you know, yeah. a, a million small nails. So you're like, great, I need to create 10 pounds of nails. Let's do one big one. You didn't specify. And that gamification is not what we want to see. We want to see a process that moves faster and, and works better for everyone. Yeah. And so getStream is a great way to say, let's put tools in the hands of developers where they can set the process up in the way that they need to have it done and also fulfill the needs of the C-suite and say, okay, great. Now policy is code for compliance. Awesome. And now we have higher efficiency throughout our, our pipeline. Fantastic. We deliver more software faster, more predictively. But ideally, it needs to be one where it's, we're putting it in the hands of devs and making their lives easier. And so I love that yeah. approach is being taken.
0: And I would love for us to get to a place where we can surface those insights to the managers so we can say, you know, they can log into, like, say, their Linear B dashboard, get their Dora metrics. And within that, see some sort of like breadcrumb that says, you know, we've detected that there's an issue over here, there there are automations that you could implement to solve that. Or maybe we have some knowledge or base resources that are
1: beneficial. So obviously, I think we're both just big fans of programmable workflow tooling. And I know we're, we're talking about Linear B's GetStream in particular, it's free, it's available. What are some of the integrations that are set up already in GetStream that people can start to leverage?
0: So we've been hard at work building out a, a pretty robust integrations marketplace you know like i mentioned we really want to be the glue between a lot of popular developer technologies so we're looking at your project management stacks whether you use jira or asana or shortcut you know we're finding ways to integrate with those we've got we recently built some integrations with uh well one of my favorites the new our new integrations with github actions which lets you like orchestrate your ci pipelines effectively so you can decide that you know if if, let's say, this code changes my mobile app only, well, I only need the mobile build process for that, so I can choose to ignore the rest and just run the processes that I need. So that that's a huge time saver that I'm really happy we were able to ship. We also have now enabled outgoing webhooks, so you're able to connect, GitStream to practically any service that has an API. So if you want to send Slack notifications, if you want to auto-update JIRA tickets, if you want to send a pager duty alert, you know, whatever, whatever tool you want to send some sort of alert from your, for, from your Git repo or from a PR, we can now enable that. This list is only going to grow. I encourage people if they want to check out what we're doing just to to check out docs.gitstream.cm
1: where we're building out all of our integrations. Fantastic. Ben, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thanks for giving us an update on what's happening in programmable workflow land. Very excited to see where this goes in the next couple of years. Uh, to your point earlier, I think it's a crucial thing that we're seeing being called for in a lot of enterprises. Uh, this has been a lot of fun and especially doing in front of this live audience, people walking around us here in the dome at DevOps Enterprise Summit in Las Vegas. Thanks for listening, anyone. And if uh, you are interested in GitStream, as Ben mentioned, docs got to gitstream.cm, learn all about it. Uh, you can add it to your GitHub right now. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for writing out this great docs, Ben. Thanks for coming on the pod and uh, we'll have you back in soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, if you're listening to this and you want to see Ben and I flail around, accidentally hit mic stands, maybe have some bloopers in here. We'll, we'll hopefully edit some of this out. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we'll put the clips on LinkedIn as well, but uh, you'll definitely find the full video on YouTube. It's a lot more fun to kind of see the experience of what we're doing here. So thanks so much for listening, y'all.